Welcome to the Elevate Effect podcast, where we give you the resources to take you from workloads to workflows. I'm your host, Courtney. I'm an online systems educator for coaches. Fueled by cold brew and a love for watching endless reruns of Friends, I'm here to give you the tools and the support you need to scale your business and take back charge of your life and your time. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and let's do the damn thing. Okay, guys, so I'm actually really excited for today's episode because everyone has a story, right? We all have had some type of reason for why we started our businesses. And I really thought that this would be a really good episode to kick off our podcast with just because it's gonna give you guys some good insight into my journey, how I got where I am today. I've been in business now for about four years. And although it's, you know, it's been a hard journey, we're not gonna sugarcoat that by any means, right? Running a business isn't always easy, but it's also been the absolute most rewarding journey I have personally been on. You know, we're gonna have a lot of things come up in our lives life and I feel like taking on at, at a pretty young age, you know, I started my business when I, I think it was 24, 20, 23 or 24, you know, that was quite the, um, the experience deciding to, you know, quit this cushiony nine to five and tell my family, yeah, Hey, I'm leaving a, a stable job and I'm just going to start working for myself. You know, that was scary. And so I really just kind of want to walk through my story and my journey with you guys to, on today's episode. Um, and I hope that some of this really resonates with you, whether you have had a similar experience or maybe Maybe you're in the same spot right now, or maybe even you're thinking about taking the leap yourself. I hope this gives a little bit of insight as to, you know, what my journey was like and some of the things that I ran into that I, that I'd love to share with you guys. So little background. So I grew up in a really small town in Missouri. Um, I grew up kind of out in the middle of nowhere and I went to a really small high school. My class, I think from kindergarten to eighth grade was, I think I had 19 people in my class. <laughs> so really small class um, up until high school where I you know, got to move to the public school. And there was, I think 187 people in my graduating class, which was the largest class that had gone through my high school to date. So really small town. Um, I went to the University of Missouri for college. So I am an immune Tiger alum. And after I graduated from college, I ended up moving to St. Louis. I started working for a company that really did not align with me on a moral level. It was an IT recruiting firm and it really had the mentality of, you know, you know, do whatever you had to do to make a dollar. You know, it didn't matter what you did or how you did it. It just didn't feel good. It did not feel good for me. And so I ended up quitting that job. I think after about three or four months, I was not there very long. I moved back to Columbia, Missouri, where I went to college and started working for a mortgage company. And I absolutely loved this company. It was absolutely amazing. I would, you know, if I had to go back to a nine to five, I would definitely go back. It was a fabulous company, a wonderful culture. I ended up moving out to Hawaii in 2016. And obviously when you live in Hawaii, it takes a really, really long time to be able to travel anywhere from Hawaii. You're on a pretty remote island. And so I wanted to be able to really go back and visit my family whenever I needed to, but I was still at a nine to five. And you know, with that comes very limited vacation time. So Basically, I started really diving into this world of remote work and I started researching, you know, companies and 
how to get started remotely. You know, obviously the book that always came up was The 4-Hour Workweek by um, Tim Ferriss. So I had, you know, I'd read that book and had really started diving into this world of virtual work. And so I actually ended up finding this company. It was a tech startup based out of San Francisco. And I landed my very first remote job with a corporation. And it was amazing. I had such a cool experience. And I really got to see the ins and outs in the workings of a large business that was 100% remote. So at the time, in 2016, it was one of the, I think it was one of the largest or the largest fully remote companies that was in existence at that point in time. You know, I mean, this was five years ago at this point. Um, so it was a really, really cool experience just to see that culture that had been developed on a large scale remote business, right? We had, I think 150 people spread across the globe um, and being able to see a, a very successful company run completely remote was a really, really cool opportunity. So at the time I was working with our APAC industry. So I was working with our Asian countries um, because I was in a good time zone for that because of living in Hawaii. So when I moved back to Missouri, I ended up having to leave that job and I got stuck back in a nine to five um, where I literally, uh, women were still required to wear heels every single day. And I was in that job before I'd say, six months or so and I just really wasn't feeling fulfilled, right? I just wasn't feeling passionate about my life or my job and it was kind of soul sucking. I mean, I, th I think that's the best way to really describe it is it just was not, you know, I, I kind of sat there every day and you know, I'd be done with my work within the first three to four hours and I was like, okay, I just had to sit there because, you know, that's what you do in a corporate nine to five, no matter what, even if you have all your work done, you have to sit with your butt in that seat for the full eight hours or you're not going to get paid. Right. So I just felt like I was wasting my time. If that makes sense. I just felt like there was something I could be doing differently. So I really started trying to, you know, apply for remote jobs again, you know, going from a remote tech startup to a very corporate, um, insurance company was a very painful transition, if I could find a better word for that. It wasn't the best experience. So at that point in time, I started looking for ways to really get back into the remote world, but it was starting to become really competitive, right? Everybody was starting to hear about remote jobs and who didn't want to work at home, right? You know, that's a really cool opportunity and it allows for a lot of flexibility and location independence. And so it was getting really hard to get my application into in front of people. And, you know, there were a couple, I had a couple interviews, but nothing really, you know, came of them. And, and so I kind of got to this point where I was like, okay, if nobody else is going to see my worth or the work I can provide or my work ethic, then I'm just going to figure it out for myself. And so I started looking into ways to start my own business and I really kind of figured, okay, I'll design websites. That's gotta be the best way online to make a stable living, right? Because that was the thing that was so scary is if I'm gonna leave my job, I wanted stability still, which technically, I mean, we don't have stability in any job, right? We could lose our nine to five at any point in time. The experience we all had in 2020 with COVID goes to show stability is really, it's non-existent. Um, you know, no matter where you're working, you have lots of things that can happen. And so I was having this, you know, craving for stability in the industry that I was trying to find. And so that's how I kind of pushed myself towards web design. So I started taking all these online classes on how to design websites and branding and how to run your, you know, online business. And in September of 2017, I took on my very first web design client and I discovered that I hated it. It was not fun. 
Um, if you guys know me or know my business, I'm a pretty type A person. I'm not the most creative. So I could look at a web design and create it. But if somebody came to me and said, okay, I want it to kind of look like this, that's where uh, the buck kind of stops for me, right? <laughs> I was not the most creative. And so I was like, okay, this is not gonna work. I mean, I could do this momentarily, but you know, to, to earn some extra money, but I don't, this is not something I enjoy doing. And so I really started to evaluate, you know, what I had done up until that point. And that really, my, my background was in project management at my previous job. Um, and so I was like, okay, I really enjoyed project management. I kind of did some mind mapping and started thinking, okay, what are the things that I enjoy doing? What types of tasks, et cetera, and kind of tried to piece it together. And so, you know, when I got into this space, I was like, okay, how can I monetize project management or some version of that online? And so I found the term OBM floating around in the industry. So OBM, if you're not familiar, is an online business manager. And really that's somebody that comes into your business is kind of like your right hand, right? They're the operational manager of your business. They help you manage team, manage projects, um, and really kind of the COO is the best way to describe it of your business. And so I saw this term being thrown around and I was like, okay, you know, that sounds like something that's up my alley. I think I can do that. And so I started advertising or I guess marketing myself and, you know, Facebook groups as, you know, as an OBM and started to get some nibbles. You know, like I said, this was the fall of 2017. And I kind of promised myself that there was two promises I made. I was either going to quit when I matched my corporate salary or I was for sure just going to quit no matter what by January 1st and just leap, which for me, again, being a very type A was absolutely terrifying. That was me for sure walking away from, you know, a stable salary, um, insurance, 401k, all that good stuff. So I really had made myself that promise. And so I started kind of putting myself out there as an OBM. And by December of 2017, December 21st, actually, I walked out of my nine to five with enough contracts in place and signed to match my corporate salary. So I, I made my deadline by about two weeks, thankfully. So I was able to actually go ahead and quit my nine to five and start working for myself full time by December of 2017, which was really exciting. It was scary, right? There was some, like, again, there was those pieces that, you know, you're missing when you're working for yourself. I mean, I was able to find, you know, my own insurance and I started my own 401k for myself and, you know, figured out those logistical pieces that were making me uncomfortable, I guess, or scared to walk away from my job, but it was a really exciting time. And so I, starting in you know January, which was kind of a cool time because it's, you know, new year, you have these new year's resolutions um, and getting ready to go into a new year working for myself was a really, really cool experience. And I really loved it. And so that's how I got started in this space, which was really, really awesome, right? Like I loved, loved what I was doing and I did it for quite some time. Uh, I worked as an OBM for, I guess I would say about three years. But after doing that for about three years, I started to realize two things. One was I absolutely loved systems. I loved being able to go into a business and just kind of puzzle piece different ways to make it run more efficiently, right? So I always kind of like to describe that well, number one systems as my love language. And I really wanted to start to pivot my business to solely focus on building systems for my clients. So like I said, I love finding how things can integrate to be more efficient, to run more lean. And so that's really what I started to focus on. And number two, I feel like I had kind of shot myself in the foot, so to speak, because you know my first step 
as an OBM, when I come in for my clients is I audit their systems, right? And then I build out new ones based on any changes that we need to make or whatever we need to do to successfully support their business currently and to help it scale. But what I came to find out was whenever I would put solid working systems in place for my clients, their need for me as an OBM became less and less because the systems supported a lot of the pieces I was manually providing them as an OBM. So it was a great thing, right? Because the systems worked. So I'd spent the past year and a half now teaching all of the systems I fine-tuned over the past four years of my business so that I can take the hard parts out of systems for my clients and my students. And so in our business now, we have completely pivoted to where we offer you options like done for you click up setups and then we also have our course elevate so it's a the coach approach to elevated systems where we basically provide coaches the strategy and tools to implement scalable systems in their business without overwhelming them so we basically cherry picked all of the things that i had learned building out systems and working behind the scenes for a lot of businesses in the remote space and really cherry pick the things that work the best right that we have seen be the most successful in running a online business so a couple of little business tips and just some things that I have learned over the past four years that I really wanted to share with you guys today. Number one is learn everything that you can. I think that's probably one of the biggest things is you literally never want to stop learning, right? So while I was still working my corporate job, I actually started taking lessons and courses and educating myself on both hard and soft skills that I'd need to be able to work in the remote space. So like what platforms to use, what skills I should have. So, you know, think things like building landing pages and knowing email marketing platforms and using project management tools. Like, you know, what is Trello? What is Asana? What are these things that I'm seeing being thrown around in this world? I can still remember when I was working at my nine to five, I had two monitors at my desk and I always had the one monitor turned, turned in really far so they couldn't see my screen because I'd have my work up for my job on one side. And then on the other, I had these online courses that I was taking because I would get done with my work by like 11 or noon um, and have nothing else to do. So I'm like, well, I might as well take some courses while I'm sitting here. So, you know, take online courses, read books. One of the best books that I have read is Traction. So that's would be one that I would recommend for you guys attending or listening to seminars, podcasts from those in your field who have paved the way to success in the industry that you're wanting to go, really just absorbing as much as you can. I think just for myself in general, I never want to stop learning. There's always something new that I can learn. And especially in an industry where I focus so much on technology, technology and systems change all the time. So really having to stay on top of the game in terms of what are those changes, not just in tech, but in the industry itself. And so I would say just continue to educate yourself. So I, you know, I partnered with mentors a lot and that was actually one of the first things that I did. I partnered with a mentor I found on social media and she was really actually able to help guide me through some of those sticky spots when I first got started. I was so confused and again, being you know kind of analytical minded, I wanna know step-by-step, step, right? Like what do I need to do to build a, a successful business? Um, and that was really confusing for me, obviously as a person that had never started a business before. And so I'd say even finding someone to help mentor you is a really good place to start too. Somebody that's been where you want to go. I think that's the key to it too. It was really finding somebody that you can bounce ideas off of or ask questions. That's going to be a really big key and you being able to successfully 
move forward in this industry, right? And it's not to say that you can't without it. It is just really helpful because especially when you're working remotely, it can be kind of isolating, right? You're you're home by yourself all the time or, you know, working alone. And it's really hard when you're trying to start a business to figure out the ins and outs of the space. So that would be something I would definitely recommend. Now, the second thing would be identify your fears and find tangible solutions to overcome your fears. So again, I'll kind of go back to when I first, you know, decided that I was going to leave my job. And so when I had said that I'd wanted stability. So when it came to thinking about quitting my corporate job, there was a lot of fear that was surrounding that because to me, it felt like walking away from that stability. And so I had to figure out for me, what did stability look like? What did that mean? So I did a lot of researching, you know, business management options and seeing what was sustainable. And so for example, you know, I knew that I could implement contracts in my business with my clients. And so one of the things I was scared of was, you know, what if somebody sues me or what if somebody doesn't pay me or what if I just lose a client randomly and I'm just out this income? And so what was something that I could do to remove the emotion or remove that fear and implement in my business that would take that fear away? And in that situation, it was a contract, right? It was okay. In this contract, not only is it going to secure me from a legal perspective, but I could build in that contract that they had to give me X amount of days notice before canceling a contract. So for me, 30 days felt comfortable. That was a 30 day notice that I would be able to find a new client to replace that client. And so that was something that I did to make myself feel a little bit better about that situation. So I work on building tangible things into my business that make me feel more comfortable. So anytime something comes up, whether it's um, a fear, I guess is, a, is the best way to put it, is I try to find the most tangible solution to the fear. So another good example is refund requests. I'm always scared I'm somebody's gonna send over a refund, right? And that's, I guess scared's not the best word. It's just, you know, it's kind of disheartening when you put so much work into something and then somebody, you know, asks for a refund. You know, whether it's personal or not, it, it gets you a little bit, right? It still kind of stings. And so that was something I knew that was kind of an emotional attachment to something in my business. And so it was finding tangible things that I could implement to kind of avoid feeling that way. And it's not about avoidance, it's more about conserving my energy <laughs> where I can and making sure that I'm not focusing too much on the negative stuff. So that would be another thing is really just identifying what's holding you back, your fears, your mindset, and actually find tangible solutions to overcome them. Sorry to interrupt this episode, but this will be real quick. So we all know that the legal side of your business can be daunting. So I wanted to share with you guys a quick solution you can legally use to protect your business with ease. So my friends over at Coaches and Company have created lawyer approved plug-in and play templates specifically for online coaches and business owners. If you know you've been building a business on a shaky legal foundation, it's really time for an upgrade. They have legal contracts for one-on-one coaching, group coaching, digital courses and products, and so many more. All you have to do is go to their shop in the link below in the show notes and check it out. Alrighty, now let's get back to the show. The third piece is actually building a vision for your business and for your life, right? So something that really drove this for me was when I read the book, The Vision Driven Leader by Michael Hyatt. So I had realized that I had never really written down a vision for my business. And this was, you know, three years in, I had, I didn't have a vision just because I always thought it was something that was fluffy, right? And I'm again, type A, I'm not a fluffy person. I want tangibles. I want to-do lists and action items and fluff didn't feel like it was serving my business. But this book gave me a really good insight into tangible ways to identify my vision for my business 
and my life in general and how to execute on it, right? So it wasn't just saying, okay, you need a vision for your business because everybody needs a vision, right? It was, here's why you need a vision. Here's how it directly impacts your business. Here are the things you need to evaluate to develop your vision. And this is why it's important. So since creating a vision for my business, I've learned that I'm constantly revisiting it because it changes along with my life, right? So that's the thing too is, when I first started my business, my vision or like my goals for my life was, okay, I wanna be location independent. I wanna be able to travel and make a good living and just be able to feel fulfilled in what I'm doing every single day. And you know, that served me for a while. You know, I did, I traveled, I went all over Europe and I went to Asia. I got to travel and work remotely. I have really cool um, co-working spaces all over the world for a, quite a while. And that served me for a long time. And then my priority shifted a little bit in my personal life. I ended up getting married. At the time of recording this episode, we're expecting our first child in about a month. And so my priorities have shifted in terms of what my vision looks like for my business. Now my goals are more, I wanna be able to spend time with my family and be able to step away from work when I need to. And so that's okay, right? That's not failing. It's I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. My life evolved, but what's the beautiful thing about it is I get to evolve my business with my life. And so making sure that you're always going back and evaluating, like, do I still feel aligned with the vision in my business? And then from there, you want to filter all your decisions through that vision. So I kind of like to look at this as like one of those Cosmo magazine quizzes. So you kind of start, you know, asks you a question at the top and you answer yes or no, and it takes you down a different path, right? So if an opportunity won't ultimately get you to your vision, then you need to decline, right? You need to say no, because you have to be comfortable with saying no in your business. You don't want to waste your time on the things that won't help you move the needle forward, right? It shouldn't be about, you know, what's going to make you the most money in the moment. It should be what is going to get you towards the goals you want in your business and your life. I think I got so caught up for a long time of, oh, I'm going to say yes to everything because it's going to help me make more money, which it did, right? Like I went through a time where I was making a lot of really good money, but I was burnt out and I was miserable and it was not worth it. <laughs> it was not worth it at all. And so I really had to step back and I took some time off. You know, I cut my client roster down pretty significantly. Um, and I had to step back from my business and really kind of reconnect with myself and what I wanted. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I was making my decisions that were serving me. Because I think in this industry, it's really easy to get caught up in seeing what everyone else is doing, right? You're constantly seeing people say, oh, I, I made a 50. 50k month or you know i just bought this thing or whatever it is and we we start to you know we compare ourselves right we compare ourselves and we start to set our metrics of success as what other people have decided success is and so for me it was really kind of needing to step back and say okay what does success look like for me what do i want my life to look like is it making all this money and being miserable or is it having quality of life and so that's what i really had to kind of like check myself a little bit one time somebody actually said to me she was one of my clients at the time she said courtney if you had a baby would you neglect your baby to go take care of somebody else's and i was like well of course not that's ridiculous i would never do something like that and she said, that's what you're doing. She said, when you are so focused on serving other people and saying yes to everything, she said, you're neglecting yourself. You're not taking care of your baby, right? And so I don't know why that analogy impacted me so much, but it really finally drove the idea home of what I was doing by constantly saying yes and never saying no. And so when I decided to take that step back and when I decided to start putting up some boundaries and say no to opportunities that 
weren't ultimately serving my end goal, everything shifted. Business got way better. I was not as stressed out. I was not burnt out anymore. I was happier and it just felt a lot better. So all of that to say, build your vision for what your term of success is, right? That's what you should be filtering all your decisions through and get comfortable with saying no, that it's gonna be one of the best things that you do, do and decide to do for your business to continue moving forward in a good direction, right? And then the fourth thing is, you know, surround yourself with a support network. So working in the online space, like I mentioned, it can be incredibly isolating. It can leave you feeling kind of a lack of separation between your work and personal life. So sometimes I feel um, like I almost let myself get sucked into a virtual reality, right? <laughs> so it's kind of, I have to remind myself, like there's an entire world outside of my job, right? I have a personal life. I have a husband and two dogs and hobbies and friends. And sometimes I get so caught up in my job that I forget to live my entire life outside of work. And so I think that's something to really be aware of because it's easy to get sucked in, especially if you enjoy your job or you're experiencing a lot of success. And that's not to say that, you know, it's not good to focus on work for, you know, periods of time, but that's again, not sustainable very long-term, right? And so having, you know, a good network of friends within the online space that can help you feel connected, but it can also help to hold you accountable um, when it comes to work-life balance. I think that's another thing, you know, involve yourself in like-minded communities, co-working spaces, attend those networking events, reach out to people you admire for a virtual coffee chat, just to genuinely build relationships and, and help hold each other accountable to not just working in an aligned business, but also making sure that you're supporting yourself personally too and maintaining you know some separation and work-life boundaries. So I'd say that's another thing that I would really recommend um, in this space that I felt like I personally struggled with for a while. And then the fifth thing, you know, value yourself. So remember that you're a human being, right? You're not a machine. Uh, give yourself a little grace throughout the journey because you have so much to offer the world and, and anyone who doesn't see that really isn't worth your time, right? I mean, I think that's another thing to consider when we're in this constant yes mode mentality, right? Or we're constantly in this, in this as a service-based business, particularly um, of serving other people. Um, and it's not to say that serving isn't good, right? I want all of my clients and the people I come into contact with to feel like I genuinely care about them and I'm there to support them. And I think that's how I got up, got caught up into being such a yes person is to me, that's how I was saying, I care about you and I care about your success and I'm here to support. Um, but again, I ended up running myself down because of it. I wasn't valuing my own time, right? I wasn't valuing myself. And so I think that's one of the biggest takeaways too, is just making sure that you are again, checking back in with yourself in situations like that um, and really making sure that you are valuing and respecting yourself and your time throughout this journey too, and give yourself some grace. So, you know, that's really my journey, you guys, <laughs> where I am now and how I got here and just some, you know, just general things that I can reflect back on and say have been um, some big key things that have helped me move forward and have been helpful for me. So I really hope you guys enjoyed hearing a bit of my personal experience in this, you know, online world. Um, and I hope you're really trying to take something tangible away from each of these episodes. I want you guys to be able to walk away with something that you can implement in your business, in your life. Uh, I want zero fluff, right? Again, I, I want to support you guys. Um, and I'm so, so happy to have you as a part of my community and a part of this journey. Um, and I am so excited uh, to continue this podcast uh, with you all. And I'm really excited to share everything um, with you guys moving forward. So I will see you guys uh, on the next episode next week. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Elevate Effect podcast. If you liked what you heard, share the episode with your best friend, team member, or even your dog. 
If you have a minute, leave a review below or DM me on Instagram to let me know what you want to hear on the podcast next. Thanks again, and I can't wait to see you next week.